On this episode of Playtime, I bring to you a bit from my forthcoming book, A History of Light for the Artist. In this chapter, I explore the power of the printed word. In the first part, I spoke about the very first book on gambling disorder, written by my ancestor in 1560. Also about the transition from an illiterate society to a literate society with the proliferation of Gutenberg's press, and about Galileo Galilei. In this episode, the darker side of publishing and propaganda through the witchcraft hysteria fomented by the release of Malleus Maleficarum in 1487. There are lessons here regarding zealotry, propaganda, and the manipulation of truth for purient and nefarious interests, which informs our society today. The time period represented in this piece describes a number of published works in the first 100 years following the invention of the Gutenberg Press in Mainz, Germany around 1455. This is from A History of Light for the Artist, Art, Science, and the Power of the Printed Word, Part 2. I'm your host, W.C. Turk. We spoke of choke points in the ascension of the species through the narrative. Another critical choke point is the censorship of information, which can be by omission or through the monopolization of the type of information presented. The technology of the movable type press spread quickly, orders of magnitude quicker than the still stagnant rate of literacy. Comparatively, the printing of the Bible and other religious works eclipsed scientific and humanistic works. Just 30 years after the mass printing of the Lutheran Bible, another work would prey on and manipulate religious fervor and allegiance throughout Europe and England. On the left bank of the Rhine, roughly halfway between Colmar and Strasbourg, lay the German town of Scheldstadt, now Celestat, in the Alsace region of France. The town is the site of the Gothic St. George's Church, begun in 1220, with work continuing for much of the next 400 years. It was also in Scheldstadt that Heinrich Kramer, circa 1430 to 1505, was born. A disciplined and energetic Catholic Dominican prior, Kramer was appointed the role of Inquisitor, whose role was to seek out and prosecute heresy. The Inquisition mandated the church and its officials would investigate, arrest, interrogate, and prosecute upon an accusation or suspicion of heresy. Kramer was animated by a particular antipathy for witchcraft, and saddled by limits to his local jurisdiction. He requested authority from Rome to seek out and prosecute witches. On December 5, 1484, Pope Innocent VIII issued a papal decree on witchcraft titled Sumis desdurantes affectibus. It has recently come to our ears, not without great pain to us, that in some parts of Upper Germany, as well as in the provinces, cities, territories, regions, and dioceses of Mainz, Köln, Trier, Salzburg, and Bremen, many persons of both sexes, 
heedless of their own salvation, and forsaking the Catholic Church, give themselves over to devils, male and female, and by their incantations, charms, and conjurings, and by other abominable superstitions and sortileges, offenses, crimes, and misdeeds ruin and cause to perish the offspring of women, the foal of animals, the products of the earth, the grapes of vines, and the fruits of trees, as well as men, women, cattle, flocks, and herds of animals of every kind, vineyards also, and orchards, meadows, pastures, harvests, grains, and other fruits of the earth, that they afflict and torture with dire pain and anguish, both internal and external, these men, women, cattle, flocks, herds, animals, and hinder them from begetting and women from conceiving, and prevent all consummation of marriage, that, moreover, they deny with sacrilegious lips the faith they receive in holy baptism, and that, at the instigation of the enemy of mankind, they do not fear to commit and perpetrate many other abominable offenses and crimes at the risk of their souls to the insult of the divine majesty and to the pernicious example and scandal of multitudes. Innocent's decree provided Kramer with a virtually limitless capacity to, quote, exercise against all persons of whatsoever condition and rank the said office of inquisition, correcting, imprisoning, punishing, and chastising, according to their deserts, those persons whom they shall find guilty as aforesaid, unquote. A notable example of Kramer's special sort of zealotry was a case of an accused witch, Helena Schubrin, the outspoken and headstrong wife of a wealthy Innsbruck burger. Schubrin had the temerity to speak out against Kramer and his inquisition and refused to attend his sermons. Schubrin and several others were found neither guilty or not guilty on procedural grounds, but they were ordered to pay bond and give penance. Kramer protested the outcome of the trial, but was ordered to leave Innsbruck by the local bishop, who cited Kramer's obsession over Frau Schubrin. The story is important because it compelled Kramer to redouble and refocus his effort to expose and persecute witches. Two years later, in 1487, he published a work on the identification and practice of witchcraft titled Malleus Maleficarum, which translates to the hammer of Maleficent Magic, rather than the hammer of the witch, as it is often described. The book's chief target was women. So-called witchcraft is a misnomer and likely describes ancient superstitions and holistic practices as old as our species. Accusations of witchcraft presuppose grudges and personal vendettas, superstitious misunderstandings, mental disorders, and are decidedly levied against women, particularly women who dare to challenge male hegemony and power. But, for many thousands of years, so-called witches have provided natural curatives medical help, therapy, and relationship advice. In the wake of numerous wars and terrible pandemics, widows and single women were a reality to society. Some of these women suffered from mental health issues. Most were simply self-reliant women, which a male-dominated church found abhorrent. Eradicating witchcraft was really secondary. Securing misogyny was paramount. That required the demonization of so-called witches by rendering them as a threat. The movable type printing press proved the perfect weapon. <laughs>
There are at least a dozen references to witchcraft and sorcery throughout the Bible. Revelation 21.8 says, quote, The cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Unquote. It was biblical scriptures such as this which were used to justify all manner of accusation and abuse. Kramer, the zealot, was so emasculated by the outcome of the Schubert trial that he returned to Scheltstadt and wrote the second most popular book printed after the Lutheran Bible, Malleus Maleficarum, which was published in nearby Sprayer in 1487. While the work was intended as a digest on the subject of witchcraft, sifted through the prism of Western Roman Catholicism, no such obsession was found in Eastern Christianity. But the work instead becomes a screed, blaming his own lust on women. From Malleus Maleficarum. And because infidelity in a person who has been baptized is technically called heresy, therefore such persons are plainly heretics. As regards those who hold the other two errors, those, that is to say, who do not deny that they are demons and that demons possess a natural power, but who differ among themselves concerning the possible effects of magic and the possible operations of witches, the one school holding that a witch can be fantastical, the other school allowing that some real harm does befall the persons or persons injured, but that when a witch imagines this damages the effect of her arts, she is grossly deceived. This error seems to be based upon two passages from the canons where certain women are condemned who falsely imagine that during the night they ride abroad with Diana or Herodias. This may read in the canon, yet because such things often happen by illusion are merely in the imagination, those who suppose that all the effects of witchcraft are mere illusion and imagination are very greatly deceived. For the divine in many places commands that witches are not only to be avoided, but also they are to be put to death. And it would not impose the extreme penalty of this kind if witches did not really and truly make a compact with devils in order to bring about the real and true hurts and harms. For the penalty of death is not inflicted except for some grave and notorious crime, but it is otherwise with death that the soul which can be brought about by the power of a fantastical illusion or even by the stress of temptation. In Malleus, Kramer calls sorcery and witchcraft heresy, which was considered a felony and a death penalty offense at the time. He recommended that even secular courts should prosecute it and that torture was necessary to compel confessions. Kramer advocated for the ultimate penalty. Again, from Malleus. For the divine in many places commands that witches are not only to be avoided, but they are also to be put to death, and it would not impose the extreme penalty of this kind if witches did not really and truly make compact with devils in order to bring about real and true hurts and harms. For the penalty of death is not inflicted except for some grave and notorious crime, but it is otherwise with death of the soul which can be brought about by the power of a fantastical illusion or even by the stress of temptation. 
This is the opinion of St. Thomas when he discusses whether it be evil to make use of the help of devils. For in the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy, it is commanded that all wizards and charmers are to be destroyed. Also, the 19th chapter of Leviticus says, The soul which goeth to wizards and soothsayers to commit fornications with them, I will set my face against that soul and destroy it out of the midst of my people. And again, in chapter 20, A man or woman in whom there is a pythonical or divining spirit dying, let them die. They shall stone them. The book was an instant success particularly because the church sought to dissociate itself from Kramer's work. But it was a growing antipathy towards the church hierarchy that fed its success among the peasantry, few of whom could even read it to any degree. Moreover, the book was used as a guide by secular courts and officials throughout Europe, but was, curiously, repudiated by the Inquisition itself. Three decades later, in 1519, an Austrian-Dominican theologian, Jakob Springer, 1437-1495, was added posthumously as an author in all subsequent printings. Springer, it is reported, was not a supporter of Kramer, but was mentioned by Innocent in the 1484 papal bull, Sumis Desiderantes. In his 2003 book, The Malleus Maleficarum and the Construction of Witchcraft, Theology, and Popular Belief, author and associate professor of history of the University of North Dakota, Peter Hans Breudel, posits that Kramer added Springer's name to legitimize the work. Another possibility is that it was a marketing ploy, since by 1519, even Kramer had been dead for nearly 15 years, and the work had taken on a life of its own. So, what was the effect of Malleus Maleficarum? Between 1487 and 1600, the book saw no less than 28 editions. It was popular by Protestants and Catholics alike, and led to a ghastly trail of persecution and death. Writer Vicasta Lovelace, who wrote the introduction for the online publication of Malleus Maleficarum, tells us, quote, Estimates of the death toll during the Inquisition worldwide ranged from 600,000 to as high as 9 million over its 250-year-long course. Either is a chilling number when one realizes that nearly all of the accused were women and consist primarily outcasts and other suspicious persons. Old women, midwives, Jews, poets, gypsies, anyone who did not fit within the contemporary view of pious Christians were suspect and easily branded witch, usually to devastating effect. Unquote. No sources for his number are cited. Authors Jeffrey Scare and John Callow in their 2001 book, Witchcraft and Magic in 16th and 17th Century Europe, estimated by sifting through local records a death toll of around 1,000 between 1400 and 1782, but may have been as high as 60,000 according to other surveys. That still represents a horrifically high number but more in line with actual demographics. Malleus Maleficarum represents the first use of, pardon the alliteration, malicious misinformation on a mass scale. It established a standard by which pernicious state or ideological actors might manipulate a population through mass media, in this case, the printed word. 
and darken the tarnish wrought by Western Europe through iconoclasm, colonialism, and genocide against local and indigenous populations worldwide. Via religiously centered assumptions of empire, the West, by virtue of its wealth, power, and reach, had succeeded in reversing humanity's long, and sometimes stymied, cultural ascension. If one person could vindicate the preeminence of the printed press, that person would be, without question, William Shakespeare. And that is the subject of our next piece. And that is the subject of our next episode. You're listening to Playtime. I'm your host, W.C. Turk. If you like this program, hit the subscribe button for notifications about future programs and guests. And please, share this podcast.